Do you have a great idea, but don't know where to start in creating it? Have you started an idea, but don't know what direction you need to take it in? Karma Comics and our team of creatives can help you take your creation from a simple idea to a masterpiece. Visit www.karmacomics.org and schedule an idea consultation. Let us foster your idea, empower your creativity, and manifest your legacy. Hello. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm glad we can be formal <laughs> in the beginning here. We got we have a lot to talk about. Well, I mean, we'll see. Well, I'm going to do my best not to uh, come at your race. Is that something that that I do often? Because I feel like I haven't yet. There's well, a lot my, going on. My, my race of human. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's go at humans today. <laughs> let's go at fallibility. Human fallibility. Human flaw. I mean, if we're going, if, if we're going at old whites, I can handle that. <laughs> They're a whole different species, right? Old white is, <laughs> is its own thing. <laughs> because, uh, you're right. Actually, I really truly believe that in a, in a certain to a certain extent, right? Like, old white man is not the same as any other type of white. You can have young extremist white. I think they're just angry. They have a lot of <laughs> angst. But old white, yeah. woo baby. That is, uh, oh. that's some good old-fashioned hate there. <laughs> that's a whole different breed, that's man. a whole different breed. How, how are you doing, veins though? popping out of their head. Right, you know what I mean? Talking about, uh, white rights? You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Individual liberties? What the hell are you talking about? Um, they're always they're always the ones that are out there, you know, screaming about all lives matter. Yeah, you're like, what do you police. mean all lives? Obviously, they don't because you have to say <laughs> all, all lives matter. What do you, <laughs> they, <laughs> they obviously the, do not. If, if all that's the, all the while, they're completely fine bashing a police officer's head in with the American flag as long as their as their but boy, Donald Trump gets to be president. It's crazy. What did he do for them? That was so, like... I'm just confused. Because, I mean, as somebody who reads a lot, especially oh, political, that, what did he what do? He did, what he did specifically for them that makes them feel so warm and fuzzy inside. Mm. And I know these people because I, I grew up around these people. Okay. Uh, I infiltrated their ranks. Oh, wow. Oh, you know? wow. So you're a Grand Wizard. Okay. <laughs> it's Stephen the Grand Wizard McRae. All right. Got it. <laughs> he, uh, all he had to do to win them over, it's real easy. Real easy. Okay. You just have to disparage Mexicans on national TV. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, well, call me Donald Trump, too, because... <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I, uh... <laughs> I take that back before we get canceled. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, that that was probably the first thing. that As soon as he came down that little stupid escalator with his Stafford wife, he mm-hmm. said Mexicans, I think, well, was that the first thing he said? Mexicans and, no, he said the Mexicans Mexico are rapists or murderers? Rapists and murderers? Yep, the, the Mexico doesn't send their best, they send their rapists and their murderers to us. Oh, wow, yeah. What really made me go crazy was during the debate, he said something about, 
only the mental mentally handicapped um, Latinos come back to um, go through the trial to stay in the country. I was like, what the fuck? Are you, what are you talking about? What are, Why? What are, how many? What are, that it really didn't have any like logical <laughs> sense to it. But the thing is, he but right before he said it, he goes, "I know I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, but dot dot dot." You, which is like, I'm not what? racist, but you know, dot dot dot. You know what I mean? Or you know, why can't they just dot dot dot? You know what I mean? <laughs> How white people preface their you know really really ridiculous statements. And I say <laughs> white people, but it's really all of us. Like I. And you. <laughs> I'm not going to take myself down unless I'm pulling down my co-host. Um, we we all have implicit biases. I mean... Absolutely. I mean, that's just something that, that we can fix, but it's ingrained in our culture. You know what I mean? As soon the, as there's a the, school shooting, the first thing that pops in your mind, go. White man. Right. I'm like, it's got to be a white dude. Like, I mean, or like someone who is like Arab. You know, or in one of those those Arab areas, and that's terrible because as soon as you find out that they're not, you're like, "Ooh, good thing I didn't say that out loud." <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, good well, man, but it's it's, a, it's the same thing, you know. Who shot up the Walmart? Who blew up the abortion clinic? Right. Who shoots up the church? And it's right. a white Christian guy. Always. Right. Oh, they say they're Christian, um, and they they may well be. I mean. Anyway, I'm sorry. How are you doing today? How was, how was work? Talking about? <laughs> I just came right out the gate. I've been holding this in for about 30 years. <laughs> so, finally get, to get that off my chest. Um, how was work? How are you doing? How's, how's the restaurant coming? It's good. We're gearing up to uh, officially open to the public next week. All right. Man, um, congrats. Everything's coming along. That's we're great. starting to we're starting to get super super busy. I'm wow. starting to get super super tired. Obviously, <laughs> busy. You're so busy. You're too busy to talk to your old friend. And you know that's okay. I have people lining up to get away from me and to not be on the show. So I need you. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> I, I need you. Um. Yeah. So that's that's fantastic, man. That's great. I uh, I really appreciate you taking out the time to. Uh, Talk to your buddy, your old friend. Um, we do have quite a bit to cover, so I'm going to stop um, stroking you over the uh, over the waves here and uh, ask you a question. It's a it's sort of a hypothetical. I figured we'd start with something pretty light, and because you're as savvy, if not more so, with this kind of thing, I figured I'd ask you because you'd have a really good opinion. So, red pill. Red pill. You take it. You go back to the age of 10, but you have all the knowledge that you have as an adult right now. You take that with you back to your 10-year-old self. Blue pill, you wake up at the age of 45 with $50 million in your in your bank account. Which pill do you take? Ooh. I'm going to go blue pill. You are my man. Oh, I love you so much. Uh, I've been ex- using this whole week to explain to people why you should take the blue pill. <laughs> okay. I don't want to have to deal with this, all the shit that I've already dealt with again. Right. So that's one thing. So as a chronicler, right, I would say that because we know comic books so much, we know not only just the butterfly effect, everybody knows that. 
but as chroniclers, as like say a Metron or a Taskmaster or anybody who really pays attention to time and can travel through it, flash, speed force, all that stuff, you know that time is very delicate, okay? Thinking that you can take your 33-year-old, 34-year-old self, put it back in your 10-year-old body, and then try to keep the same people that you had at 33 or 34 intact is virtually impossible, okay? For a lot of reasons. <laughs> and the, what I've been trying to explain to, like, say, my mom, my brother who brought this to me, my girlfriend who... I think only switched the blue pill because I was a fanatic about why she would choose the red pill. <laughs> and that's kind of abuse, but I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah. Right. She only switched, she only, she switched, she only switched so the blue pill because, right. because when you first asked her, she was like, I want the red pill. And then now you've been giving her the hair dive all, all week. I've been giving shit all week about choosing the red pill, not the blue pill. So she switched the blue pill. But I would like to think my argument is pretty sound. When she wakes up in the middle of the night right. and you're, staring, you're sitting in the corner staring at her. All the food we've eaten has been in bread pill shape. It's just like, please. <laughs> I don't even know how you did this. <laughs> the pile of right. red jelly beans. Like, red jelly beans everywhere she goes. Like, it, like I spread them while she walks like roses. I just throw red jelly beans. Um, the reason why I explain this, I'm going to use my mom's argument. She said, if I could go back right some wrongs and if I could go back and, and just do some things over again and just have a different life um, not that I'm upset with the one that I have but I would like to go back and see what a different life would look like I was like so you would give up having me be born <laughs> so that you can you can rewrite some of the things from your past so I was like well let me give this to you mom you'll still have the guilt <laughs> okay <laughs> You will still have the guilt because it's still in your mind. You'll be a 10-year-old with a 56, 57-year-old's guilt and knowledge and trauma and pain and all that stuff. You can't go back and rewrite anything because then you would have to force those situations again in order for you to apologize. Going back as a 10-year-old and apologizing to the, you know... uh, to a 15 year old that you won't know in five years like you'll have to wait five years in order for this thing to maybe happen again for you to apologize but you'll still also have the guilt you'll still have it right. you'll still have all the trauma you'll still have all the stuff that, that happened to you in your head you would just maybe not make the same like choices you know what I mean and then, I mean, and then how bad how like how awful of an existence is that? Because then you just become a ball of anxiety exactly. waiting for like, oh, right. well, I gotta, I gotta put this shit back together. It's terrible, right? And then I asked myself, because I was talking to my mother, I asked, my, I asked her, I said, if I came up to you as a 10-year-old and said, okay, I need you to take all the money in your account and put it into these, uh, invest it into these accounts, you tell me to sit my ass down and shut up. Because I'm 10. You wouldn't trust me with your with your money, just stock options. I don't even, I, as a 33-year-old man, I wouldn't be able to go back in time and tell her where to invest her money because Cash App doesn't exist. <laughs> Those little quick, you know, investment sites don't exist. I asked her, I said, when does Google, like, be, when does Google happen, right? Well, what stock right. markets of your time would you be able to invest in? That you know are a surefire thing. You wouldn't know that going back as a 10-year-old. You wouldn't know that. Because you were 10. 
You know what I mean? You'll know that at some point you should invest in Tesla, right? But you don't know how long that is going to be from from ten. <laughs> You're going to be a, uh, exactly. I mean, you'll you'll have so many limitations as well, a ten I mean, year old like, person. I mean, and you know the the great documentaries that were made in the eighties called Back to the Future already showed us <laughs> what right. happens. You know. When when a when a when an old Biff goes back and gives himself the sports almanac, right? Yeah, he gets rich, but then you know, uh, a few years later, uh, Michael J. Fox ruins your life. Exactly, and your career, and his own career, <laughs> and you're riding the DeLorean. John DeLorean is a cokehead who now the door the DeLorean doesn't even exist. I mean, it just ruins what? everything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go back. Don't go backwards. We both know. I think. And why we would choose the blue pill is that going backwards in time always causes problems. Going to the future is a lot less. There's a lot less things you can mess up. There's things that can be messed up around you. Your life could be ruined when you go to the future. <laughs> and I said I'm willing to take that risk to advance my years, 12 years, and hope that they're still in America, and 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 hope that 50 million dollars still means something. <laughs> I'd rather take right. that risk. Hold on to my girlfriend, like, maybe. Hold on to my best friends, and then, maybe. And then also, at the end of the day, you know, advancing uh, puts you closer to death. So then, you know, you can just die anyway. It'll be all right. Right, right. Because if you go back to a 10-year-old with all the nods you have, you could try to avoid certain situations and put yourself in even worse situations. I know that as a 33-year-old man inside a 10-year-old body with all the shit that I talk, all the stuff I wouldn't tolerate, all like curmudgeonly that I am, I'm going to get myself killed. <laughs> if my parents tried to say something to me, I'd be like, yeah, don't talk to me like that. Because <laughs> I'm 33 years old in a 10-year-old body. I'm sassy. I'm angry. Just or think think about the amount of things that your parents would tell you as a, as a ten year old, <laughs> right. having that thirty three year old knowledge, mm-hmm. and being like, "You guys are stupid. This is stupid bullshit. Why? Like you're a liar. <laughs> you're a liar." <laughs> and I'd run away into my room and slam the door. You know what I mean? As a thirty three year old, ten year old man. I mean, uh, you know, a, a situation happened not too long ago that was kind of interesting. Um, well, I mean, it's a couple years now, but. Me and Aaron are not. Aaron grew up Catholic. I grew up um, in multiple different churches, depending on which way my grandma decided she was doing that time. Oh um, <laughs> we're not the we're not the most we're not the most spiritual people, right? We believe in just being good people, doing good things, and we decided that for our children, if they were interested in you know learning about. Uh, church or things like that, that uh, and they found their way to that then we would always be there to support them and and you know take them if they're interested in things like that um, but that it was important for us to f- for them to find it themselves um, and so I there, appreciate that there is this one time where uh, uh, we had a family member o- over and they're you know are, are, are religious and and they're talking to Addison about heaven and angels and things like that. And the look of like, <laughs> the look of like, uh, I don't even like, I don't even know. The, <laughs> she was just, she was looking at, at her family member. And she was just like, 
this is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my right, life. Right, right. That's my girl. <laughs> That's my girl. Honey. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you talking about comic books? Because my dad likes comic books. <laughs> She's so adorable. I love her so much. Uh, no, what's what's interesting about that is uh, the same thing sort of happened to me. Now, my family, like yours, did not force us into any religion whatsoever. But when I was in high school, there was a guy, I think his name is Timothy Gwynn. And Timothy was incredibly religious. His father was a pastor. He wanted to take me to church. So I went to my dad and I said, well, you know, this guy wants to take me to his church. And he said, I'm, by all means, go. Like, tell me what you need me to do and you know so I said no he said oh come pick me up he'll drop me off well <laughs> I went and I listened and what I gathered from it was that the the stories are supposed to be like more of a message not so much like this literally happened it's like an allegory right so right. I, I picked that up I was able to you know absorb that and then I fell asleep <laughs> but hard though <laughs> really hard like demonic like snoring like, <laughs> like in a church and i felt so bad <laughs> i said can you just take me home because <laughs> everyone was looking like they had to stop church and they like timothy was like nudging me and i like woke up and i look around and everyone's looking at me and the next day at school uh because this was on sunday of course on monday timothy was like yo that was crazy <laughs> Like that was some otherworldly sleep. Like I don't, and I don't even, don't even snore. So I don't know what the hell was going on. Like I wasn't supposed to be in there. So I appreciate the way that Addy, you know, is like, uh, because it is an allegory. Um, and I don't want to get too far into like the religious discussion because uh, I am trying to get famous before we get canceled. Like you can't get canceled before we get famous. Um, <laughs> talk about some religious stuff, but I do appreciate the way you were raised, the way I was raised, the way you raised an Addy, and I also do appreciate. I mean, I'm, people sure, who... I'm sure, I'm sure, my wife and your girlfriend are not going to cancel us. It'll be fine. <laughs> Funny thing is, my girlfriend doesn't listen. So <laughs> if Aaron's listening, if Aaron's listening, I appreciate you uh, because my girlfriend uh, does not uh, like the sound of my voice. So. That's uh, <laughs> that's a whole different topic there, Stephen. Let's get into the news. So, this is, this is a really tremendous racial week. Can you agree? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a been a lot one. going on. It's it's been difficult because not only are things happening this week on the racial front, but the culmination of a lot of racial things are are coming to a head this week. Um, to start in Chicago. There was a 13-year-old Latin boy. Um, I'm look, looking at the news clip right now. Yeah. Did you, did you see this? This kid was running. He did have a weapon. Okay. He was running towards the fence. Couldn't get away over the fence. So he drops the gun. The police officer tells him to put his hands up and to turn around. This kid puts his hands up, turns around, and the officer still shoots him. And what was he stopping him for? He was stopping him because... I don't know why he was stopping him initially, but the kid was running and ditched the gun. Ditched the gun. There's a there's a camera on the other side of the fence. So there's a camera facing the young man running towards the fence. So you see his face running towards the fence. 
you see him blatantly drop the gun before he's told to. He drops the gun before he's told to. You can hear the officer say, put your hands up. Put your hands up right now. The kid puts his hands up before he turns around, uh, Stephen. Before he turns around, his hands are up. Okay? And as he's turning around, he's shot. The officer goes into full panic mode. Officer goes into full panic. was scared for his life. I, I don't know what his justification was, but the officer goes into 100% panic because what he did was he pushed past all the other officers that were already on the scene. So he takes it upon himself to be Bruce Willis and Die Hard, push past all the other officers that are on the scene and chase this kid down the alley. He's alone with this kid now. So now... What he didn't anticipate, because his body cam is on, what he didn't anticipate is that there's a camera across the street recording the the kid's perspective. Do you understand? Mm. So there's a camera filming the child drop the gun, raise his hands, turn around, and then get shot. So here's my question. First question, I guess. Is it like a damned if you do or a damned if you don't situation? I mean, because there's other examples. There's Philando Castro. There's um, Sandra Bland. There's some examples of people who are complying, who are trying to do what the officer is telling them to do. And as they right. are doing what the officer is telling them to do, they still get shot and killed. Right. Well, I, I don't understand the logic behind it because. You could you could ar- very well argue that the kid shouldn't have had a gun, but as you said on a on a podcast before, which is super profound, is that the cops aren't the judge and the jury. Just because he's guilty doesn't mean you get to shoot him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. And that's, so this is this is you know, and I know there's millions of people that are going that would disagree with this, but what do we? This is this is my biggest issue with policing in America, is they're called peace officers because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to keep and uphold the peace between citizens, between uh, citizens and citizens, and citizens and themselves, and citizens in their community. They're not they're not there to um, decide what you're guilty or not guilty of. They're not there to decide if you should be executed. Um, and that's just not, that's not the reality. That's not, that's not what's happening despite what anybody wants to believe. Um, and, uh, you know, I've talked, me and Aaron have talked about this kind of stuff at length, um, on numerous occasions. And there's one thing that I've always said to her that um, has always set with me. Um, and it comes from uh, a movie that me and you both love, The Departed. Absolutely. But there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that, that has a lot of ties to a, a, a lot of societal things. But Absolutely. There's, what, there's one thing that um, Mark Wahlberg's character says in that movie. I know exactly what, what you're talking about. When they're interviewing Leonardo DiCaprio's mm-hmm. character, um, and 
he says, do you, are you interested in being a cop to be a cop, or are you interested in being a cop because you want to put a black guy's head through a plate glass window? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really, th- I really think that that's, there's not other options than that, right? There's mm-hmm. guys that want to be cops because they legitimately believe that they're doing good and they want to do good. And then there's a big majority, and people don't like to think that, the, that it's as big as it is. Mm-hmm. There's the other one. And how could it not be, right? Right. Because, because all the people that sit in powerful positions in police departments are, by and large, old whites. Mm-hmm. These were people that were young whites protesting against... Uh, integration. <laughs> integration. Right. Yeah. These are police chiefs and judges now they didn't just magically disappear one day mm-hmm. yeah and that's the that's that's the biggest case you know you you have your 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 idiots out there like your ben shapiro's and your steven crowder that want to talk about right. well like institutions aren't racist well no institutions by by themselves are not but the people that populate them very much are 100 percent. now i would take you to another movie scene i'm not sure if you've seen this movie but um Jack Reacher with uh, Tom Cruise. He's sitting uh, the, the very first one. He's sitting across the table from Roseman Pike, and he says, "There's four type of people that get into law enforcement. The first ones are people mm-hmm. that are from a legacy of people who have already done law enforcement, army, military, police. Right? There's the the second group of people would be people who want to get in there and do the right things." He said the third group of people are the people that were bullied and want that that have this inferiority complex and want to exercise some level of authority that being a police officer or someone in law enforcement gives you. And the fourth one are people who just want to go out there and do harm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bad people. Sometimes bad people infiltrate the system because it's not hard and to become a those, police officer. And three of them, and, and I was about to get to it, three of those things... Are negative. Are, are negative things. You know what I mean? Three. There may be more, but three of those things that I just listed can be connotated as negative. You can go in as whoever you were before you're a police officer with three of those things. <laughs> Four of them, actually. Because if you're going in as a legacy, it could be a badass legacy. It could be the same guys that were upset in Little Rock about these n-words getting in and going to school with my kids right he's a young mm-hmm. rookie like you said now he's the police chief and he's going to try to hire people who have a like mind <laughs> you know what i mean he's going to try to hire right. people that he knows people that that are in his community in his community and and they may not have the best vested interest in becoming police officers now i am a staunch that's, uh, but that's the other that's also the other thing Mm-hmm. Is community policing doesn't exist anymore? No, no, not at all, not at all. Cops, cops don't, and you know, there's there's multiple reasons for that. Maybe you know, maybe it is too dangerous to be a cop, but in certain situations, but like mm-hmm. cops by and large don't live in the cities at, or, or in the areas at which they police, and that's that's a terrible thing. Well, that goes back to that implicit bias I was telling you about. If you live over right. in where where are you in DC? Uh, we're, we live in Annandale. Live in Annandale. So yeah, let's just use Annandale as an example. If you live in Annandale and you are accustomed to being around a certain community, when you're not in your police uniform, you have what could be connotated as a pretty awesome, relaxed community. 
But every day you put on your uniform, you're going into what you call the trenches, or what you call like DC, like K Street, like all the, the U Street, all the streets that are connotated as being negative or or dangerous areas. You're gonna leave there, and when you go back to your community, when you see people that look like the people you police every day, <laughs> you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have like this sense of like me versus them type attitude. It's like I have to make sure right. that my family's safe from the shit I see every day out in these streets. I can't let it get to Annandale. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when you go out there policing that way, when you go out and you live in Annandale but you police in D.C., you're going to have a very negative or very skewed perception on what your job actually is. <laughs> and I think you can't police in that way. You can't police in a way where you already have this preconceived notion that you know, I'm going into this area of the city and I have to keep it away from my my family and my neighbors and my in, in my community and not going into these communities saying, how can I do the best I can to make sure that this community reflects my own, my own values and my own safety, right? How can I keep this neighborhood safe the same way I would keep my neighborhood safe? And I don't think that that's right. how police think. I think police think like no. I have to make sure these people stay in here and it doesn't spill over into my community. 100%. And it's it's a disgusting way to practice. Now, this is just one story. This is Chicago. All right, let's travel on to Minneapolis. Um, well, just actually right outside of uh, Minneapolis, Brooklyn Center, I think it's where it is. And I used to live in Minnesota. So, um, this, this story kind of hits close to home. Now, I love the law. I really do. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer um, my entire life. So, you know, it, it kind of shows in the way that I argue. It's, it's, it's very, um, <laughs> I mean, but very it's litigious. Right? I mean, I, I always wanted my, 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 and still to this day, my, the one thing that I've always wanted to do is be a homicide detective. Right. I mean, it's it's just it's when you do it right and you do it well and you do it with the best intentions. I think that you're some of the best people, um, in the world. I mean, you're like a, a homicide detective or somebody who wants to just do the right thing and figure it out because it's the right thing to do. They don't see race. Right. They don't see color. They just see the law and they see sense. They they put the pieces together. I love that kind of stuff. Well. I one of my one of my favorite things to do is to watch true crime. Another one of my favorite things to do before it was taken off the air was to watch cops. I love the show cops. I love cops in general. I think what if you have a good cop, then you have like I said the 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 uh, cream of the earth, right? Like they're they're good people. Uh, shout out to Mr. Lanehart from uh, Annapolis, Maryland. One of the greatest men I've ever known. Um, also a DC police officer. So. Um, I'd love that show. I love it. You see it in real life. You see like like good cops in real life. It's kind of like it. There aren't many doctors, nurses, cops, firefighters. Like those people are the heroes to me. Um, <laughs> but this 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 shit right here, and I'm about to say in Brooklyn Center, this woman cop. I'm not going to use any names here. This woman cop is in the midst of detaining uh, Dante Wright. Okay, I'm not going to use her name, I'm going to use his name. 
because I'm not going to not use their names. I'm going to use not use name. I'm not going to give her power. I'm going to give him power. Okay. Dwayne Wright. He is first off. I don't know. I don't know why all this is happening during traffic stops. Because <laughs> traffic stops seem to be a death sentence for for minorities. But during a traffic right, stop, see, that, that's also an interesting point that, that you kind of just stumbled upon there, right? Mm-hmm. These are happening during all of this is happening during traffic stops. Traffic this stops. This is not half. This is not ha- like detectives aren't running amount shooting people. No. Don't they have a badge and a gun? One hundred percent, and they're going into high-pressure situations. I think police like, officers uh, are creating these high-pressure situations because they have an implicit bias. They're walking up to cars already with their hands on their guns. As we can see, most of them are walking up to individuals with their guns drawn. What do you have your gun drawn for a traffic stop for? You can't see yeah. this man's back license that's in his window. You can't see his back license. And, and to go a little further on this story, we're going to get back to what I was just talking about. To go to the story that was in Virginia, they couldn't see his back license, so they decided to pull him over. In fear of his safety, what he did was go to a gas station that had more light. So as they hit their lights, instead of him just immediately pulling over to the side of the road, he used his head. He said, you know what? It's a little dark over there. I don't feel safe. I don't know why they're stopping me because they don't have a legitimate reason to. So he pulls into a gas station where there's more light. He reaches to turn on his his camera so that he can get which legally he can is do well with with as well within his right. One hundred percent. Now this man is an army officer. I think he knows his rights, right? But what right. ended up happening was what we ended up seeing on the news. They have their guns drawn because they feel like he's trying to get away. He's asking them why was he pulled over and why are you asking me to get out of the car? And they're just they're just houting and hollering and telling him he should be afraid that they'd shoot him. To they're telling him to open up the door, but the other one's saying keep your hands up. The other one's saying open up the door, and he's like, I, I don't know which one to listen to. So I'm going to keep my hands here. I'm not going to move, <laughs> which is the smart. Probably saved his life, honestly. Um, but to get back into now, the, the, the- I'm sorry, go ahead. The flip, the flip side of that, right? So that was, uh, and uh, you know, people can argue all they want, but it mm-hmm. is what it is. Yep. You know, if it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, you know, probably a <laughs> fucked duck, right? <laughs> right. Um, it was two white cops pulling mm-hmm. over uh, a, a brown person in a nice SUV. Right. Now, <laughs> one of the one of one of the times that I uh, found myself in a precarious situation, and I was enjoying a little stay at the county jail <clears throat> I remember so rugged it was, <laughs> I, re- I remember there was a guy that was brought in one night and he was like exactly the type of white that you would expect to be in jail mm. you know um, he had his little NASCAR shirt on he had his little ball cap you know his cut off jean shorts just the, type, the quintessential guy Absolutely. that you would expect to be in jail in Oklahoma and he's telling the story of how he got into the situation that he got into this motherfucker went on a high speed chase led a trail of cops he eventually just ran out of gas and he was talking about how the cops were joking around with him and the reason after he ran out of gas and the reason why this guy was being chased down 
is because him and his girlfriend got in a fight. And as he described, he poked her a couple times in the chest with a knife and she wobbled outside. Mm. And he just decided to go back to watching TV. Well, come to find out, she wobbled outside and died. Oh, no. But they brought him in. No bumps, no scrapes, no bruises. Talking all kinds of shit. Yeah, and this is this is this is what I, this is what bewilders the shit out of me is people do not see that juxtaposition in between like it is very different. Mm-hmm. I don't care who just wants to debate it; it is very different. It is different. being stopped as a white person as it is being stopped as as anything other. Absolutely, no, I completely agree. Um, the only time that I've ever been pulled over. Um, I had a gun drawn on me. Now, mind you, I may have made a, a few mistakes as far as like some mores or things that I did not know because I'd never been pulled over at that point before. But I'm flying down. This is actually in Lynchburg, Virginia. So Stacy didn't want to stop. Right? <laughs> I ain't stopping in Lynchburg. I'm going to go to Brownville. Or I'm going to go to Brown. Virginia. <laughs> I'm going to Brownville or like Blacktown or something. But I'm not stopping in Lynchburg. So. I'm driving through Lynchburg, Virginia. Now, I'm going really, really fast. Now, I'm going fast Lynchburg's because... Lynchburg's got one cop. His name is Earl. I, you know what's so funny? Is I think his name was Earl. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he had, he had one of those little those hats. You know what I mean? You know what hats I'm talking about. So, I'm flying through Virginia. I'm trying to get to Greensboro, North Carolina. And I'm, I'm going pretty fast. Now, I'm going fast because Jay-Z is playing. So Jay-Z's playing, I'm feeling the music, I'm just trying to get down, it's my birthday weekend, I'm flying down the street, I see the cop, and I try to slow down, I try to slow down real quick, so I try to slow down quick, I, I you know, uh, I guess I wasn't successful, because he whips out of where he is, and he's flying, chasing after me, so I slow down, and in a panic, because I'd never been pulled over before, in a panic, I pull over on the left side. And I pull over on the left side pretty quickly because he's flying at me. So I pull over on the left side of the road. He pulls over behind me and he's like stopping so quickly behind me that his car like kind of slides on the gravel, like slides on the gravel on the rock. He gets out of the car, he draws his weapon, and he's like, Get your hands up! He's like yelling at me, like, oh shit. So I just throw my hands up and he comes to the window and he's like, Roll down your window. So I like roll down my window. He goes, What the hell are you doing? I was like, I don't know, man. But the Jay-Z went off during all of this, and Alice in Chains starts to play. So my hands go up, and he goes, what the hell are you doing? I said, I don't know. I've never been pulled over before. And he goes, you've never been pulled over before. I was like, no, I have not. And he goes, is this your car? I said, it's under my father's name, but it's my car. He goes, okay, give me your license registration. I said, may I have permission to reach for that, please? He goes, yes. I was like, okay. So I like find it. I hand it to him. He goes back um, to his car. Maybe about two and a half minutes later, he comes back. He goes, what the hell are you doing? I said, I'm going to Greensboro, North Carolina for my birthday weekend. I've um, never been pulled over before. He goes, yeah, you pull over to the right. When, when a cop stops you, you pull over to the right side. And I'm like, okay, I did not know that. I've never been pulled over before. And he goes, okay, is that Allison Chains? <laughs> And I said, yeah, got me wrong, which is the song that was playing. And he, like, looked at me, like, squinted his eyes, like, his, he had a big-ass hat on. So he, like, kneeled down, and he, like, looked at me, 
And he goes, he goes, be careful, like drive safe. That's crazy. And then he just like walks away and then drives off. So I tell people usually Alice and Chains got me out of a ticket, but <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what I didn't understand was the reaction. If I'm pulling over, why are you pulling a gun on me? You think I'm gonna try to pull over just so I can shoot him? <laughs> I mean, I didn't understand how it escalated. Now he didn't see my race before he walked up to my car. There's no way he could have known that. But I, I think just the response in general. I'm generalizing here. Just his his natural inclination is to draw his weapon and to approach a car with his weapon drawn. To a guy who has pulled over, obviously panicked with his hands in the air. Why would he have his gun right. drawn? You, like, I don't know what kind of training police go through. And I'm not even sure if it's consistent tr- training throughout the entire United States, right? How someone's trained in Alabama. How someone's trained in Lynchburg, Virginia. And how someone's trained in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if it's the same training, okay? But why would you have your gun drawn? In a high pressure situation. That's obviously a non-lethal situation. High high intensity from both parties, right? He could be, his adrenaline could be going. My adrenaline could be going because I'm fucking terrified. Why would you have your gun drawn? Aren't accidents just waiting to happen like that? <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. I mean, I, I just, I would love to understand the protocol. I would love for... All the police chiefs in the United States to go and talk about the protocol on a traffic stop because it seems to be, as we've highlighted, traffic stops <laughs> where people are being killed. Okay, so to go back to Brooklyn Center, uh, Minnesota, the young lady. Well, now, well, well, now hold on, please. You know, to play to play devil's advocate because I know because sure. I, I know you'll I know I know you'll you'll love that maybe. You know, you have a car that's going, I don't know, wh- wh- how fast did you say you were going? I think the speed limit was 70. I was going like 82. I think he caught me at 82. So you're flying down the highway, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you said that he when he stopped, he, he skidded in behind you. Yeah, you're in the so back I got a good Virginia. distance ahead of him. As soon as I saw him, I was slowing down to move over to the right. I pulled over, I slowed down to move over to the left. So I slowed down, pulled over to the left, stopped. He was flying at me so fast that he started to slide when he got behind me. Yeah. You know, you, you're pulling over this guy. You don't you don't know what's going on with this guy. But this guy just pulled over in the fucking median of the highway. It wasn't the median. It was like literally <laughs> the far left side. I was in the fast lane. So I just pulled over in the lane that I was in. Pulled over on the wrong side of the. <laughs> right. So the guy's not wrapped too tight. He obviously has a gun. He's obviously trying to kill me. Is that what the assumption that should be made there? Well, no. Maybe he just thought he was in a Dukes of Hazard situation. <laughs> no, maybe he did slide off the roof of his car. <laughs> off the hood yeah. of his car. He slid he off the hood of his car, drew his gun, and then uh, shot my tires out. <laughs> like, I've already stopped. What are you doing? <laughs> Anyway. Big Roscoe P. Coltrane <laughs> He did look like Boss Hog a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, the the so let me get to this this story, okay? The the cop confuses her taser gun with an actual gun and shoots the young man 
Dwayne Wright, Dante Wright, excuse me, while he is trying to get back in his car, she says taser, 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 and then pulls the trigger of her her handgun. So now and you'll have him. to you'll have you'll have to uh, um because I only know this aspect of uh, sure. this. This is all I know about this story. Sure. Um, like I said, I've had a I've personally just had a very busy week, so I haven't sure. I've been paying attention to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um. What was what was going on? So we'll, we'll paint that okay. picture. Let me paint this picture for you. Okay, so he's being stopped on a traffic violation. He is driving on an expired tag. Okay, so they pull over his car and they inform I've had him. A tag expired for a whole year. I had a tag expired for like three. So, um, <laughs> they, yeah, I was riding dirty. All the whole time you know me <laughs> in in damn uh, Virginia, okay? It was crazy. I was, I, it's just so back, hard to get a license out was, there. It's crazy. Back when I was rolling around in that Crown Vic, I, I, I had a, my tag was out. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever had a legitimate license in a Crown Vic. Um, so, <laughs> so they pull the young man over. They inform him that he's driving on expired tag. He knows that. They tell they run his uh, ID and they find out that he has a warrant. They don't tell him that. So what they do is they tell him to get out of the car. He gets out of the car. They tell him there's nothing to worry about, that they're only going to detain him. So when they say they're going to detain him, he asks, why? Why are you detaining me? And they say, because you have warrants. So once they say he has warrants, the young man starts to struggle. He's able to get away from the first cop. He gets into his driver's seat. The second cop, lady cop, pulls out her, her weapon or her weapon is already drawn. You don't see that. I don't see that. But her weapon is already drawn because she goes to the driver's side and that's in the two seconds that it took him to get back into the driver's seat she yells taser, taser, taser and then shoots her handgun. The young man, I think out of instinct or impulse, presses down on the, on the gas because he'd just been shot and the car travels um... I don't know, like 100 feet, 200 feet. And then I think it, it spins out and crashes or something like that. And then the young man is dead. Now, I understand accidents in the workplace. Um, that's I, not an accident, though. That's, that does that's not just, sound like that, an accident. It, 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 not that it was either purposeful not accident, either, right? Or, it, or, it, or it's, it, it, it's, it's pure and utter stupidity. It's just absolute... Stupidity. You're be in that job. 100% stupidity. There's a weight difference. There's a look difference. There's a trigger difference. There's so many differences between a taser and a handgun intentionally so that cops do not confuse their guns with tasers. Tasers look are very, very unique in the sense that they don't, they aren't shaped like guns other than the handle. And the ring around the trigger, the trigger's even different. The 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 weight, the, there's color on the taser. Whether you have a black taser with yellow trim or a yellow taser with black trim, there's it's almost so yellow that it's caution. You are using your taser. If you are right. intending to use your taser and you don't see any yellow, you're not using your taser. That's your handgun. Okay? So, the, the system that's put in place when you use your taser as opposed to your handgun 
It's so that you don't or accidentally either. use your your handgun instead of your taser, and vice versa. And they're not even. They're usually not even located in the same spot. They're not on, even on, on the same well. part of your body. What uh, your, your taser's non-dominant hand. Your gun is dominant hand. Okay. Right, and uh, I think for most police departments, the standard issue police uh, firearm is is a nine millimeter Beretta, correct? One hundred percent. And anybody who has ever held a fucking Beretta knows there's a lot of weight on that fucking. There's some gun. weight on it. There's some weight on that gun. There's not much weight on that taser, though. Intentionally, not on that plastic yellow right. taser. <laughs> Come on, man. And and now she has been with the force for twenty six years, Stephen. She's been on the police force for twenty six years. She trains new officers. She's an officer she trainer. And I'm a little like I'm starting to get angry because even if she's been a good I mean, cop for twenty five uh, twenty five years and three hundred and sixty four days. You're a fucking idiot. On on day number three sixty five, okay. And it doesn't it doesn't matter. It, like people have to stop talking about that stuff. Like it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like maybe maybe she was a great cop for the last twenty five years, mm. but in that moment, in that one instant, absolutely, she wasn't. She was not. And she doesn't. She shouldn't <sighs> get the benefit of the doubt. Nope. Because that job, because it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't. I, 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 I'm a chef. For the last 15 years, I've used my knife responsibly. Mm-hmm. If tomorrow I'm cutting a fucking onion and I turn around with the knife in my hand and stab someone behind me on accident, I'm going to get in fucking trouble for that. Mm-hmm. You ought to. I'm not, I'm not sure if this young lady's going to get I, in trouble. And I should. I should get in trouble for it because that means I was being irresponsible in my job. An even more apt description is if you have trained other people to use knives and you've been using a knife for 26 years and in uh, whatever haze you want to talk about or whatever instance where you aren't being 100% responsible you decide to throw the knife across the kitchen because somebody asked for it and it ends up stabbing them in the chest and killing them, should you not go to prison for that? <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. Okay, because you know better but did not do better. So that's that's definitely manslaughter. Now it might be involuntary, but it's definitely manslaughter. And there's really no legal argument that can say otherwise. I mean, they've they've subsequently charged her with manslaughter. She is right now, I believe, she's still in custody. But um, they, I don't think they even have a bail for her yet. So she's she's definitely in custody. They're charging her with manslaughter. I mean, that seems appropriate. It seems appropriate. Stephen, but it's only one charge of manslaughter. And we talked about this in the last episode. Now, I believe they should throw the book at these individuals. Every possible charge you should get. But, as you highlighted so eloquently in the last episode, that that makes it a little bit harder. Because if you put manslaughter, then involuntary manslaughter, and um, you put all these other charges, then the jury or the judge could pick the lesser charge and then justice won't be served. Um, but here's my here's my gripe. The most she can do is ten years, and twenty thousand dollar fine. I think mm-hmm. she can be sued civilly, like civilly for wrongful death. 
but how much are you expected to get from you know a, a police officer you can sue the city for wrongful death because she is you know by and large a, a vessel a vassal for the city and you may get some money there but that doesn't change the fact that this young man is no longer with us because the person who is trained to use the trained to have a weapon trained to use the weapon mistook her taser for her beretta her gun and right. one could even argue that you probably didn't even need to use the taser even you didn't need to use the taser you know what protocol is in most precincts when somebody is is able to get back into their vehicle the cop is supposed to clear out of the way mm-hmm. get out the way because that that car becomes a weapon now that's a new charge for the individual the cop is supposed to move out of the way because if that person is able to get back behind the wheel and and be able to function and use the car you're not supposed to shoot in the car you're supposed to back away because that car is a weapon now. right you're supposed to get back in your car and you're supposed to chase him just like they did that that the homeboy in Oklahoma apparently they let they just he killed somebody and they chased him till his gas ran out but this young man gets tasered as soon as he tries to get back into his vehicle okay or shot rather but protocols to back away if you can't grab him you can't pull him out of the car again you back away because he, they could run over your feet you could get trapped in the car there's a lot of dangerous situations for a police officer in a car where somebody is back behind the wheel so you're supposed to clear the right. way get back in your vehicle chase the car you put you tack on a whole bunch of charges, but you're safe. If you want to argue that he was getting back in the car to grab a gun, then why did you think you had your taser? Why did you have your right. gun out in the first place, lady? Why did you why would you have any weapon out in the first place? I mean you argue you nearly had him detained. You nearly had the young man detained. He pulls away, gets back into his vehicle. Why would you have any weapon available? Why would you right. have your gun drawn already? Thinking it was your taser. I'm sorry, man. I'm going on this stupid rant. And it's just like, it's just really astonishing. Because it's no, just I, not, I, it's not I, I, fair. It's I not cool. I would agree because the whole, the whole like, and everybody, everybody that's on the other side of this argument is always going to argue, well, you know, uh, the, poli- the police officers are uh, afraid for their life, or they were afraid of this, or you don't understand the high uh, octane situation. Uh, but this is this is the truth. This is this is what it all boils down to. The way to fix this situation, the way to make to make this shit go away, and in some fashion, right, mm. the, is the same reason, or is the same thing of why you don't ever hear. Um, of FBI agents just running around shooting people. <laughs> because it's really hard to become an FBI agent, right? Yeah. yeah. Police officers and teachers alike, the, the threshold to become those things should be higher Absolutely. and they should be paid more. 100%. Because I think if you do that, at least have an associate's and you, and you, and you have to, And you have to have, and you, you, and a lot of, a lot of departments do require you to have some kind of college behind you mm-hmm. but you know you you have a you, you know say you require a bachelor's degree 
in either crim- criminology, criminal science, um, social work, any of, any of the above applicable fields, right? Mm-hmm. And then you should have to go through rigorous testing and psychological evaluation 100%. to become that. There's only one police department in the entire United States that you have to go through a rigorous, rigorous um, psych evaluation to become to become an officer of the law, and that's Boston State or Massachusetts State Troopers. Mm. Yeah. How many Massachusetts State Troopers have uh, killed minorities in the last ten years? I'm not going to say none. But, uh, <laughs> you don't hear about them. And that's half the battle. I mean, I, I what's what's astonishing to me is that they're more prevalent now. You're hearing so you're hearing more now than you ever have. And what it begs the question: How many haven't we heard about? How many haven't right. we heard about? Because we're hearing so many. We're hearing one a week. One a month, you know what I mean? And it's like um, you at least need a so- an associate's degree to carry a gun, please. I mean, at least spend two years in criminal justice. One of those years could be all the testing and all the law, the the legalities of being a cop, all that jazz. Just have the second part be physical training, gun training, situational training. Something that, that makes you less lethal than some nervous dude whose every traffic stop is just his nerves are on ten until he figures out that you're you don't have a gun. Well, so check this out, right? Check so so me and me and Aaron, uh, Aaron's from Lawton, Oklahoma. I lived in Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, so as a private citizen, right, anywhere in the country, um, except for Texas. <laughs> of course. But, in in most places that don't have um, uh, open carry law, uh, open carry laws to conceal and carry a weapon, right? You have to first buy a weapon, then you register your weapon, then you go through the classes to get a concealed and carry, and then you can carry a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lengthy process as a private citizen to do that. In Lawton, Oklahoma, there was a there was a period of time when they were. So in need of police officers, armed peacekeepers. They were so in need of police officers that you could become a police officer on a six-week ride along. Wow! Wow! Isn't that fucking insane? That that's almost criminal. <laughs> To me, that sounds like some good old boy stuff. Like, that sounds like, I mean, that sounds like some guess who's coming to dinner type, we're noticing more blacks around here, so we need more hands type shit, man, to be honest with you. Oklahoma <laughs> sounds terrifying. Um, I I don't even know what to say to that. That's, <laughs> that's I'm almost speechless. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like, that's... So... Put that, in, put that, in, put that, and in, and and kind of comparison to the rest of the country, right? Lawton, Oklahoma, is the third largest city in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Right. Wow. The third largest city in that entire state. So if it's happening there, 
you can't tell me that it's not happening elsewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just, I'm astonished at the sheer, like, I, I don't know, man. This country is the, it's not the greatest statistically. Because <laughs> there's a, you said it last uh, episode, like, it's, it's, there's a lot wrong with America. I, I understand that. But <laughs> what's up with our common sense, though? Just like, just common sense laws. Like, just laws that other countries exercise just out of sheer, like, safety and common sense. Um, we don't have very many of those. Um, and that bothers me. That bothers me that that, it, that isn't more talked about, A, <laughs> that I'm just finding this out in Oklahoma right now. Because I was going to take a trip to uh, Texas at some point, and Oklahoma I thought was okay to drive through. But I, I fucking guess not. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm I'm getting somebody in a damn um, lumberjack. What is what are those flannel? Somebody with flannel and a and a utility belt. Um, <laughs> that's pulling me over. I'm not going to stop. You have to shoot at my car because I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping for a pickup truck with four police officers in the back and a hound. I'm not stopping. Like. <laughs> Not with my Asian girlfriend. All this Asian shit happening now. Uh-uh. We're not. We're driving right through Oklahoma. <laughs> Hope we don't run out of gas and end up next to homeboy who stabbed his girlfriend. Because <laughs> we have some funny stories. Um, Oklahoma. Huh? That's crazy. I'm sorry. That that just kind of just thwarted my whole plan here. That's crazy. Uh, Six-week ride-along. That And ride-alongs are like... You're kind of technically already a cop, then. That's like a stage. Like I'm already in the kitchen cooking. Like right. <laughs> I just need to give me the job. I mean, <laughs> uh-uh, that's terrifying, man. That's scary. That's scary. Because while you're riding along, you're starting to fill out the the training officer. You're like, yeah, you know, my sister, you know, brought one of those black dudes home. He's like, oh, what'd you do about it? And they're like commiserating. So like, the other dude is not like. He's not actually being trained. He's just being like, he's going to become the officer that trains him, sort of. So right. it just perpetuates itself. It's a self-perpetuating racial system. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, Mortal Kombat's coming out. What next yes, week? It is. Next week, huh? You I can't wait. That? All right. So, so what's so exciting about this one as opposed to the others? Um. So everything that I've I've uh, read from the from what the directors talked about. Who's the director? Is, uh, uh, Scott uh, McBride, mm. McQuaid, McQuaid, something like that. Okay. Um, I forget right off the top of my head what what else he's done. Um, but he seems to really get Mortal Kombat. Okay. And. I'm a huge. I don't. I don't know how much Mortal Kombat you play, but I still play Mortal Kombat. Like the newest one. Um, ones? <laughs> oh no! I, I I played the newest one. I played all through the story campaign. Okay. Okay. Um, and the fact that he's paying attention to, you know the the meat of it, and it's all you know, it's Scorpion versus Sub Zero, and they're what, ancient. Is that what Mortal Kombat's all about? Well, I mean, the Mortal Kombat itself is the tournament, right? The tournament of Earth Realm, Nether Realm champions. Um, you know, 
but the 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 big the big story in it is um, Bihan, which is Sub Zero, and his clan, and then Scorpion. Um, uh, I forget his actual name right off the top of my head. Um, but Bihan kills Scorpion's wife and children when his clan raids Scorpions. And the whole thing, the whole, the whole story is Scorpion trying to, um, avenge those deaths. Um, but he ends up dying in the process and getting sent to hell, which makes him, which makes him Scorpion. Then he comes back to fight Bihan in Mortal Kombat. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what the, this, movie is focusing on that's the story that they're focusing on oh, which so is sub zero is the bad guy awesome. yeah sub zero is the bad guy but uh, um, i remember his... playing a game when i was a kid um mm-hmm. where sub zero was the good guy he was the main character i forget the name of the actual game but you play zero um, yeah so his little brother is a good guy oh okay um, cause Bihan dies and, and is resurrected as Noob Saibot. Oh. And his little, his little brother takes over the, the Lin Kuei clan, um, which is a clan of, uh, I'm sorry, of you disproportionately who... know more about, uh, Sub-Zero than you do about Scorpion. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> You got all the Sub Zero names down. You can't tell me Scorpion's real name. You can't tell me Scorpion's clan's name. You can't tell me Scorpion's social security number. But you know damn Sub Zero's sub, uh, social security number. You know his damn bank account numbers. I need you to, to really match up with the good guy, not just the bad guy all the time, Steven. <sighs> I think it's like. I know his last name is Takahashi. It's because his it's, it's, it's because his clan and his last name are harder to pronounce, which is why <laughs> Bihan is easier to remember. Right? No, I just do. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his name is Joe, and you just feel like yeah. his name is Joe yeah. Takanashi, and you just fucking. Um, like, I have a question for you though. So this is what I noticed real quick, because uh, more than the actual and story of Mortal Kombat, I know the characters. So there was and it's rated R, and ooh. there's. Um, apparently they had to fight to get, keep the R rating because they almost got an NC-17 rating because of all the gore. Oh, wow. Um, who's the young guy that shows the tattoo? Now, you see Liu Kang, you see Kung Lao. So who's the so white he dude? Is, he was invented for the movie. Oh, okay. Um, it is, his name is Cole something. Um, it's rumored that he is, that that's not actually what his name actually is. I mean, his name is Cole, but he could be related to somebody else. Could he be Kinshisi? Um, or the blind dude? Uh, no, it, uh, a lot of people believe that he's related to Sub-Zero. That oh. he is Sub-Zero's little brother, doesn't, but just doesn't know it. Oh. <laughs> Um, but, 
as the as the director said, is he needed a vessel into that world that the audience could follow without affecting the other characters. And the only way to do that was to create another was to create another character. How do you feel about? It? I don't like. See, that's the the whole DC argument thing. How is he going to make up a character? I don't know who this guy is. Therefore, the story. I mean, can't but there's, be... there's, pre- there's there's precedent in Mortal Kombat for a new character. I mean, there's new characters added in every single every single edition of the game. There's a new char- a group of new characters. Well, I was a Tekken guy, so Mortal Kombat isn't, isn't really my stilo. But, um, last question about Mortal Kombat. Um, how can they mess it up? Uh, I mean, it could just be dog shit. There's always that. What do you mean? Like, just acting and, like, general act? Are you taking into account the actual acting of the movie? Yeah. I mean, because uh, did you ever watch Mortal Kombat? You ever, oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I have seen. That. I actually loved the old ones. Okay, only because I was a child. Mortal Kombat Annihilation was garbage. Okay, well, I was a kid when they came out, and also it doesn't I'm, matter. It no, is I was a tourist. I was a tourist playing Mortal Kombat games. I wasn't as invested as you are, Buhan. Uh, I. <laughs> was a tourist. I played Tekken. So, the fact that, using your argument, the fact that you could see something that I played as a video game come into, quote, quote, real life, um, I mean, it was the event of the year, your, so it was the blockbuster of the year. Who was your favorite, who was your favorite Tekken character? Um, Shao Tsun. Which one was that? He's the guy who could turn into other people. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung, I think his name is. No, it's a Tekken character. Oh, Tekken. Oh, Huarang, man. All day. Huarang, Huarang all day long. I don't even punch with Huarang. I just kick. I'm the which, kick master. Which one, <laughs> which one was that? He's the, the Korean uh, jiu-jitsu guy with red hair and the headband. Rides oh, motorcycle. Okay. I don't even punch. His teacher is my second favorite character. His name is Beck. Um, and they you don't even punch with him. I, I can destroy people with just feet. I've won tournaments. So I, I used to play Tekken. I used to play Tekken a lot. I, I just can't remember any of the Who's characters. Your, well, names. what do they look like? Who's the person you picked? There was there was two characters that I liked. <laughs> you're, I, I know what, you're going to laugh at me for Neither. one of the characters, but anyway. Um, so he had uh, the Asian guy with the yellow pants. Yeah, Law. Yeah, yeah Law. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, or no, was it Lee Chow, Lee Chow Young? Lee Chow Young. With the white hair? Was that in Tekken? Or is that in something else? That's something else. <laughs> the white hair guy is Hihachi. He's the villain. He's a, he's a bad motherfucker too. He's he's nasty. Hihachi has white hair. He also has like the demon spawn or whatever, but he uses the dragon style kung fu. It's pretty. He's a pretty nasty dude. Um... Yeah, so anyway, the uh, law uh-huh. with the yellow pants, and then uh, the Jamaican guy, the breakdancer guy. Oh, he's not Jamaican. <laughs> Eddie Gordo. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 not Jamaican. He's Jamaican. He's, he's, <laughs> 
I think he's from New York, okay? He's not Jamaican at all. <laughs> he's yeah, using Jamaican capoeira. He's using capoeira. He's not even breakdancing. Oh, you know, he's totally breakdancing. <laughs> that's the capoeira. That's no, no, no way. No, no, no way. That's, that's... Anyway. Um... <laughs> Everybody with dreads is Jamaican. Um, anyway, yeah, they're from New York. <laughs> Facts, or he's Haitian, depending on how big those braids are. <laughs> we are so racist. We were just talking about racism, and we are the worst at it. Anyway, um, anyway, so last question before I get out of here. Um, how do you? Other than more training, how do you fix racism in America? That's a hard question. Um, I think it is. Um, it kind of to go. Uh, uh <laughs> I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to say this. Mm-hmm. Um. We're talking about implicit biases, right? Right. I think that recognizing that we have implicit biases and understanding those Mm -hmm. and being able to understand that those aren't necessarily negative things Mm -hmm. because without those, we don't have cultural differences. And cultural differences is what paints the world in different colors. And without that, it would be just shades of gray. And that wouldn't be fun for anybody. Okay. Um, but we have to figure out how to remove hate from implicit biases. Mm. And educate ourselves. Um, on those biases and on other people's cultures, and how people and and do what we're supposed to do, you know, uh, you know, do unto others as, as they would do unto you, you know, and understand that people are everybody's different, everybody's raised different. And that's what makes everything beautiful. Mm. No, I appreciate that. that I, I um I agree. I, I think. That, I mean, I would take a slight spin on that. I think that our uniqueness um, isn't exactly tied to our race, but tied to our cultures. And culture is, in a lot of ways, subjective, right? Um, right. So I, I agree with you 100%. But also, I think that race shouldn't be an issue. Our cultures should be celebrated. Um Exactly. Um, but I do appreciate your time, and I know that you, you're working hard. So I, I increasingly appreciate your time, like more than normal. Because um, at the beginning of the restaurant stuff, you had way more time, and you weren't giving it to me. So um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I appreciate the time you're giving me now. Um, I'll talk to you soon, man. I'll talk to you next week. Absolutely, man. All right, See you, man. man. Peace out, brother. Later. Uh,